Um, um, now, pleasure of, of Pastor bringing the, bringing the word. Pastor Mike, you, you are. Good morning. It's uh, great to be in church, and uh, we welcome you if you're, it's your first time amongst us today. And if uh, you've only been coming for a short, please go to the info desk and we'll shout you to, to a free Rooster coffee or English English breakfast tea or some, something nice that we'd love to, love to just blew you and uh, acknowledge or visit us today. Today, uh, it's great have a full church even on, even on long weekend. weekend. Many are away, and so we, we are thankful to God for that. Let's just take the hand of someone next. We're going to pray for just a short minute. So, dear Lord, we thank you for the fact that we're here today. We have this moment, Lord, to hear from you. Uh, Lord, forgive us that. Uh, discipline of managing the, the distractions and just, just opening up heart that's that spiritual eye to our, ourselves where we could, we could hear instruction from heaven to us as to where we, where we are who we are and where we're going and we Lord we just want to honour you and all of that and Lord we do thank you Lord for uh, all that you're doing in the life of the church so some breakthroughs thank you for new life Lord with little Yvette being born Lord to uh, and uh, Lord, we thank you for that, Ronald. And uh, Lord, we, we know the number of also at the age of eternity and need your help, help, Lord. And think of Sue and this and uh, any others that are seeing differently. Thank you that my wife's here today, Lord, and that she's on the way to recovering. And so, Lord, we thank you. Lord, bless those who are givers. Lord, bless the gift and bless the giver, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. So, I have now, I got on the sales today, and I've lost, lost 40 kilos. And, and uh, even, even wife is beginning to lust after me now. It's, it's a, are you allowed to say that in church? You are? Okay. It's, 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 it hasn't happened for a while. <laughs> I'll be in trouble when I get home. <laughs> But I'm used to it. I enjoy it. Uh, uh, didn't the team a great job? Job. Uh, you know we are, we are blessed. We we have probably the most the most comfortable chairs in Perth. We have one of the best, one of the best sound systems in Perth. You know the mix. Uh, our, our our team today just did an amazing job, and uh, we, we're grateful for that. So amazing grace. It is one of those songs, isn't it? Uh, versus merited ungrace. You know, are, are we a gracious church or an ungrace church? You know, are we a ch- church that leans in, into, as uh, Sam, Sam saying, reflecting the very heart of God in grace, or are we a church that has the tape measure out? And so every person we meet, we get out our little tape measure and some are too wide and some are too tall and some are too short. And we are looking at everybody through our tape measure. Well, Jesus died to get rid of the tape measure. And so we are so grateful for amazing grace. It's one of the greatest, greatest words of the entire Bible. And it's used in all 36 books of, 36 books of the Bible, 130 165 times. Its first reference is in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verse 8, where Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's 
one statement. It's one of the, the first references right there, right there at the beginning. And, and the very last sentence of the Bible says, and, and the grace of our Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Full stop. That's a good way to finish the book, isn't it? Of all the trouble and the turmoil and the testing at the end of the book, may God's grace be with you. So I want you to consider this wonderful word, grace. It has been said by, by many preachers and many platforms that it does form an, form an acronym, G-R-A-C-E, where God's resources at Christ's expense. What's grace? It's God's resources or God's riches at Christ's expense. God gives us his best because he gave us his best in Jesus. And having given us his best, his son, how much more will he give us all, all those other aspects? So I'm going to play a little video now. It's by Ray Ray. And it's not really, really anybody's flavor of, of music. Younger people that, people that really get off on him, they think he's just amazing. <laughs> Um, but the thing I like about this particular clip, I have showed it before, but this is a secular concert. People have paid good money to go and and just enjoy music. And some music t- touches. But it's fascinating to me how this song touches people's hearts in a way that other, other songs don't. It just gets amazing captured in this, in this video. So... Uh, thank you, AV team. Put your hands together for the AV team.
It's a wonderful thing, thing, great. And of course, this is a song which is best in the heart of the person who knows what it's about. You know, you can sing many songs. Uh, recently, there was a man who, who was actually martyred for singing a, a song that was offensive to a religious group. He just heard the song. He, he liked tune, and so he began to sing, to sing it, understanding what he was saying, and got, got killed because he, was, because he was singing the song. This song works really well when you know what it means to say amazing grace. just wasn't grace. It was amazing grace. You know, I would be dead. I would be in jail. I would not be here in front of you today if it had not been for God's amazing grace. And I want to, I want to tell you, amazing, amazing grace that saved a wretch. That's who, that's who I was. I, I was a wretch. I was the, was the sort of person that if you'd see me on the bus and there was a vacant seat next to me, you would have walked past to find any other seat in the bus. Angry, violent, life out of control, homeless kid. I was a wretch. Amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. me. Once I was lost, but, but I found. Once, once I was blind. But, but now I see. And some of us still need the scales of forth our eyes and to understand what God has done for you and for me in the wonderful thing that Jesus sent his only son die for us. Its simplest definition is that beautiful attitude on merited blessing under favor. And it's helpful to contrast grace from mercy. God's mercy allows him to hold the punishment that we deserve. But God's grace allows him to freely give us the blessing we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve, namely hell. But grace is getting what we don't deserve, which is namely heaven. C.S. Lewis, uh, in... Christian unique contribution to all the old, the old religions. If you don't know it, you might have been told on the internet that all religions are the same. No, they're not. Every other religion is about you and your do-do and what you have to do and the rules you've got to keep and the regulations you've got to keep and you've got to be good at it. You've got to do it every day. And if you fail, that's every, every other religion. But Christianity is great. Grace. Come home. Father loves you. Loves you. All is forgiven. Come home. No conditions. No requirements. Just come home to the Father. It's amazing, isn't it? Grace means that there is nothing we can do that will make God love us more. And there is nothing that we can do that will, God, that will cause God to love us less. Do you believe that? Believe in the Christian idea of grace. Mike, you go and you fast, fast 40 days and 40, 40 nights and you give your money away and you give your body away. God's going to love you more. No, that's a lie. God loves me right now and nothing I will do will change that. Whether it's on the positive side of the ledger or the negative side of the ledger, God has given us his son, Jesus, as he loved. God loves you infinitely. 
God loves you, loves you gently. About it. Just, just yourself. Under your breath right now. God loves me infinitely. Without measure. Ephesians says, you know, how wide, how tall, how deep is God's love? How unsurpassable. God loves you without measure. And this is amazing grace. Let me, let me answer the question what grace, grace is from the Aaronic blessing in the Old Testament, chapter 6, where it says, uh, and, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and his sons, saying, On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And the Lord be gracious to thee. Lord lift up his counsel, the Lord give you his peace. So I wanted to tell you, this, this grace is an amazing, amazing gift. The only thing you have to do is accept gift. That's the only condition of about a gift, isn't it? I want to give you... Actually, I think I've even got money today. Here you go, I've got $5. Honey, I've got bucks. <laughs> we can live it today. Who would like five dollars? <laughs> who, who would like five dollars? <laughs> who would like five? Well, it's well, it's here. <laughs> that 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 would have been a really good illustration. It was fifty? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's only one thing you've got to do about the, the gospel it's a good news is you've, you've got to take it. you have to receive it that's all, all you have to, sadly sadly some people give jesus just back you know my jesus jesus you know do a little bit of religious into my large large but the one thing we have to do is to hear the fact that god loves you he's provided you the free gift of salvation in christ jesus what do you have to do to receive it be better work harder Pray more. Pray more. No, what, what do you have to do? Stick a hand and say, Lord, here I am. Just with that one plan, please receive me and rush there. there. Ephesians chapter, chapter 6, 8 to 9. Oh, by really being really good, you are saved. Oh, by being really religious, you're saved. By going to church every Sunday, you're saved. Oh, you've been reading that book that i read haven't you it says by grace you've been saved through faith and that even of yourselves it's a gift of god not of works so that no one should us we should never ever have a have sorry we should never forget though that although grace is free it's not cheap and it did cost jesus his life and a lot of suffering so grace is an amazing gift and grace is an amazing lift because it lifts us out of the, the miry clay. It, it lifts us out of the mess of our life and it puts us on the, on the journey towards whole, wholeness and health. It, it's amazing lift as well. As well. God, God, leave me as that homeless youth. He, uh, uh, you know, the day I got, gave my life to Jesus, I'd gone to church. That was funny bunch of people like you were there and all seemed really, really happy and they passed around these little buses and uh, uh, they were really happy to be, to be taking these glasses of ju- juice 
So I had had three or four of them. And didn't feel better. Just just tastes like juice, you know. You know. Thought maybe it was it was some sort of don't or something or something. Who knows? Didn't understand anything that was going on. I was looking at everybody. You know, this we you don't do that, do you? You don't look at the person next to you. He looks happy. He looked happy, and he looked happy. One thing I knew was, was I was very unhappy. So. The uh, man who invited me to church, church took me to his place for lunch. Very nice, nice, free. Can't complain. Might bed that night, that night. And he says, uh, "Mike, would you like to become a Christian?" And I said, "What do you got to do?" <laughs> he says, "Well, you get down on your knees, or you don't have to get down on your knees, but, but it, it can help. You get down on your knees, and uh, you say a sinner's prayer." And says, well, what's sinner's prayer? He says, well, it's just something, look, I can help help you with, you know, just, just say, dear mother, uh, you know, I've messed up, messed up, messed up, <laughs> uh, come into my life and change me. And didn't sound dangerous, did it? Didn't sound as dangerous. Of, Let's see if we can get the car to leave the road this time. As we hit the hill. And I don't, that, that's not a more, this didn't sound as dangerous as that. This didn't sound as, sound as dangerous as climbing the tele- telecom tower. This didn't sound, sound as dangerous as the other things that I've done in life. It's, it's pretty hard. Free, free meal. I have a knife down the back of my back of my down there. So when you get down with a knife in the back of your pants, you, you're just a little bit tender. Because <laughs> no, no, it can slip, you know. And then you know it's not, not so comfortable. So you know, I got down very gingerly, and he started to pray. Outwards, which I copied, and I really, really didn't think anything think would happen at all. And some in the middle of the middle of that, God broke into my life, and I began again bore like a bike. It's like this damn. I, I'm telling you, a brick wall of pain and of agony, and the vi- it just broke in me, and I started to bore like a baby. I thought I was, I was having a baby. <laughs> And I had this vision of Jesus Christ. And to this, this day, I, I can tell you that he is the most, most beautiful. I saw the look, the look of perfect acceptance in my way is just indescribable. And uh, he, he changed me. And I got up. Still got my knife there. Started to I had my muscles in as well. Beautiful long blonde hair. I, I, I almost looked looked like Jesus, you know. <laughs> and I said to the man who had just prayed for me, says, well, there you might, you're a Christian now. And he says, yeah, I think God's going to use me in his kingdom. And he bursts into laughter, thinking, well, we'll see, eh? <laughs> Amazing grace. This is trouble, busted. My sister's is probably going to die in the next couple of weeks because she didn't get her life and just continue to go down into heartache and taking the alcohol, alcohol, cigarettes. And so. My other sister is a social worker and has more problems than anybody that I've ever met. And I'm almost normal, aren't I, honey? Oh, stretching it. 
And God's taken this little boy from Western Australia. I've been to Afghanistan on the border. And I've had hands ex talent commanders to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they've been filled with God's power and glory. Who, who, could do, who could dream of the fact that what God's done, amazing grace. I could not read or write when I left school at 14 years of age. I was considered to be the dumbest of the, the dumbest. Some people still, still think, yeah, maybe I see what the teacher saw. Now I have a, a doctorate degree and, I, and I've Bible colleges and all over in India and in Pakistan. So, amazing grace. And look, you... You lot, you come back every week. Amazing grace. Because <laughs> you know, amazing grace. But what God's done for me, is anybody else in the room could say, yeah, God's done for me as well. It may not be exactly the same, but you could say, amazing grace God has done. Romans 5, 26 says, Moreover, over the law entered through the, through the offense. You know, when, when Adam sinned, there was lots of trouble, lots of disaster, lots of trouble. But where the sin increased, grace does increase even the more. God is an amazing lifter. So grace is a gift. Grace is a lift. Grace is also an amazing shift. One of the things I'm... I'm I've learned to, to be more camp with over, over years. God's great grace efficient. I often want my life to run a certain way. Bing, 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 bing. And then when it doesn't run that way, I have been known to get grumpy with that and critical and sour. You, know, you wouldn't do that, I know. But, but I have come to appreciate that God gives, gives me the grace not only to win but also to endure. God give me the grace, not only to live and over and overcoming, but also to sometimes to live with patience. God give me the grace to everything. There is nothing in Mike's life that God doesn't give me grace for, even when I don't feel like it. There's grace for it. Second Corinthians twelve verse eight. Paul says three times I prayed to the Lord about this thing, and I seem to take it away, but he answered, "My grace is all that you need." Can I, can I tell you that whoever you, whoever you are, whether you're, whether you're Bob or Betty, whether, whether you're Charlie or whether, whether you are Aaron, grace is all that you, my grace, God's grace is all that you need. For my power is greatest when you're weak. That's fascinating. I am the most happy then to be proud of my weakness in order to fulfill the prediction of Christ's power over me. I am content with my weakness. Yes, I'm content with insults. Yes, I'm content with hardships. Yes, yes. Executions, difficulties for Christ's sake. When I am weak, then I am strong. That's when God's at work. When I can do it, I don't need God. When I can't do it, that's when God steps in to help me. So I'm amazing grace. It's the story of, of course, uh, John Newton was the author of the, the hymn, who in the, in the 19th century was a, a slave trader. Fascinating story. He, uh, he uh, would go to Africa, take in uh, African slaves. He actually fell into slavery himself for 12 months. So it's like he is doubly sensitive to his crime against humanity. 
Because if you've been in this, if you've been a slave, then you've got a little bit more understanding what it's like to be a slave. You understand? So, so I spent 12 months as a slave, went into this. And, you know, you, know, you would have, he was probably what you call being a yo Christian. You know, you know what a yo is? You know, you know, they're up and then they're down. down. You know, they're up and they're down. Then they walk the dog and then they go around the world and then they're up and they're down. <laughs> It was a bit of a yo-yo Christian, so it had periods where, God, 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 I want to dedicate my life to you. You're going to read the Bible, I'm going to do all this stuff, and next week he's getting drunk and he's, you know, beating up the slaves again. So, so it was up and down, and then he got involved in a particular uh, slave tradition where there, there was a terrible storm. And in the middle, middle of that storm, he, he comes up out of the hatch, hatch to do his parsailing things. And as he comes up out of the hatch, the guy who just went up the hatch before him, a big wave comes across the bow and sweeps that man away. Never be seen again. Lost. And he suddenly says, oh dear, there's a bad storm. And so he starts to pray. I, I find lots of people who are really good praying in bad storms. <laughs> save me, save me, God. But, but as he stood on, on occasion, he says, you know, Lord, have mercy on me. And a, God did a deep work in him and he changed. And he was absolutely transformed, became a preacher, had an amazing influence. Not only did he write this hymn, but, but he befriended people like William Cowper and William Wilberforce. The people that led the great, great change through British evangelicalism, where the RSPCA, we get the freedom of slaves and, and all things, actually came, came about for this man's influence. Just, just not in one song, song, but in actually affecting the people around him with this great cause to live for Jesus. And uh, he called himself a wretch. He knew what it was like. And then God then saved him. At the time of his death... At 82 years of age, John Newton never ceased to marvel at the grace of God that, that had transformed him so completely. Shortly before his death, his quotes proclaiming with loud voice during a preaching message that he gave to his congregation. My memory is almost gone. My, who are you? My memory is almost gone. But I remember two things. That I am a great sinner. That Christ is a great savior. Wonderful, isn't it? Beautiful hymn. Actually consists of seven verses in the original. And we usually, usually sing two, three, three, seven. I don't, I don't know what that's what's happened. But let me read you verses four, five, and six at this particular time. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as his life endures. Five. When, when, yeah, when this flesh, flesh and heart shall fail and mortal life shall cease, shall possess in the veil a life of joy and peace. Verse eight. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. But God who called me here below will be forever mine. Are we a grace church? Are we a grace person? Do we live and walk in guilt and condemnation, living under the judgment of others, and then judging everybody else around us? One of the good good tests to see whether we are a grace church or a grace church, whether a grace person or an ungrace person is 
Tony Campola's little provocative thing that he's known to do when visiting Christian conferences, Christian colleges and stuff, and he read in the middle of a sermon this, this particular statement. United Nations reports that over 10,000 people starve to death every day on, on the planet. And most of you don't give up S-S-H-I-T. I won't say the word. He, he says the word. The United Nations reports that over 10,000 people starve to death every day on the planet, and most of you don't give S-H-I-T. However, what is even more tragic is that most of you, of you are now more concerned about, about the fact I've, I've just used a bad word, word than about the 10,000 10, people who die, die today. Interesting, eh? Fascinating. Fascinating. And his, the responses that he gets to that particular little ploy that he uses actually reinforces the point. Tony has never got a letter from someone in his audience, a chaplain, a president, pastor, who says, what can we do as a Christian organization or group to actually address the issue of world hunger? But he's had hundreds and hundreds of letters complaining about his use of this language. Fascinating. Interesting, isn't it? There is a sad story of a prostitute who visited a Christian counselor that we would know. She used to be a part of our team here. And as she's trying to work out the mess in her life and the rest, the Christian counselor said to her, you know, have you, have you thought of going to church for help? And uh, Dr. Vow said, I'll never look, look, I'll forget the look, the look of pure, pure, Naive shift across her face. Church? She cried. Why would I ever want to go there? I already feel so terrible about myself. They just make me feel worse. Interesting. Are we a grace church? Are we an ungrace church? Are we a church that's got a measuring tape out? Are we a church that knows what it is, it is like just to say, whoever will, will let him come. And of course, we, bl- we blend not, not in the gift of grace and the lift of grace and the shift of grace that it should change us. We are required to live in ways that are pleasing to God. But that's not how we get into this thing called church. It's not how we get into this thing called the family. Did anybody of you, you know, do a little survey when your little baby got born, when your little boy got born, when your little daughter got born? You know, do, do you promise to abide by, by the rules of the Keating Heading household? That you'll wake up after after 12 at night, you wake, you wake your mum up, you're not going to do your nappy, you're not going to do... Did we ever do that? Or did you just let them get born? And then loved them. And then loved them. It'd be so much more powerful when the church could be known for being the place where forgiveness is. You know, we are absolutely in an interesting place in terms of the position church in the Western world. And uh, you know, the Uniting Church recently has gone controversy controversy again, again about, you know, you know, we can ordain homosexuals, whether you can marry homosexuals, and there's, there's a split occurring now in the Uniting Church over that. And, you know, this particular church is very firm on the idea that there should be one man, one woman for life and covenant marriage and stuff. But I oh, we never get to a, to a place where we had got our tape measures on the door. Saying, you can't, can't come in because you're a, a 
pedophile. You, you can't come in because you're a, you're a liar. You can't come in because you have got holes in your pe- No, no. That's now loud. <laughs> you can't come in because you can't come. I hope we never get to that place where we're judgmental. And, and here's, here's, here's an idea that I really hope some of you grasp. Maybe, just maybe, well, God, God allows some really, really annoying, obnoxious people in this, in this church that are really difficult. I mean, you know, I'm telling you. Just, just maybe, just, just maybe. The reason why is to allow you to learn the unforced biblical rhythms of love and of grace. It's easy to, to love easy, isn't it? Easy to love, love those with the suit and the, and the smiles and the rest. Much harder when, when come to us with those and those fast, fast. May we represent the grace of God where people will find that we love them and don't judge them. The Bible does say in Matthew chapter 7, judge not lest she be judged. Because the measure which you use will be the same measure that comes back. I guarantee you, if you're critical, you're judgmental, then other, other people are critical and judgmental of you. Oh. Whereas if you're, if you're moving love, grace, and faith, and hope, peace, that's what you will reap. So is what you will reap. Henry Nowen, one of my uh, famous, uh, uh, one of my uh, favorite authors, finds forgiveness as this. Love practiced among people who love poorly. What, what's grace, forgiveness? It's loving people who don't act so well. well. But how will, they, how will they ever learn? Unless they're shown the way. Jewish philosopher Hannah Ardent said, the only, re- the only remedy to this world, to the, inevitab- the inevitability of history, cause and effect, hurt, more hurt, disappointment, more dis- disappointment, pain, more. The only remedy to that, the destruction of our world, is grace. Because someone has to say, say no, I don't, don't bond to hurt, hurt, with hurt. I choose out of grace, unmerited favor, not to react in that particular way. And that is the amazing grace. Can I have our team up again? We're going to sing that song once more. Here to today in need of grace. It's the most, most wonderful thing to, to experience is that, that release from your life of all the world words. All the expectations of all the judgments, of all the failures, of the filing cabinet, of your faults and what's wrong with you. It's so freeing just to be able to let that go. To stand before a God who loves you. He says, all is forgiveness. Just come home. Let's stand and thanks, thanks God.